Hey everybody, welcome to Hammer Down. Um, there are some guests I've been able to, I've been lucky enough to have on the show that I'm just truly a fanboy of. Um, this next one is kind of amazing. She's the head of operations for Zbox, which is an incubator and VC firm owned by CMA CGM. Um, she's kind of the kingmaker in the space. She has the coolest role where she looks around and says, this is a cool startup that's going to change the world. And then she gets to help those companies grow. Um, and when you hear that, you're like, wow, this is so cool. And it, like, truly, it's a dream job for me. And then I look at her background and go, okay, listen, we're talking five years at Booz Allen Hamilton. She then moves on from Booz to start her own LTL company, then transitions over into Convoy, onto Transfix, back into the venture capital world, having started at Booz and, and been in finance, comes back into finance and now with Zbox. Liz Ward, is there anything you haven't done? Oh my gosh, I love this intro. There's plenty that I haven't I haven't done yet, and I hope, I hope to do. But um, but it, it's certainly been a, a wild ride. I will say that, Mike. <laughs> Liz, my, one of my favorite questions is like, how did you get into this industry? I mean, I have a guess, but I'd love to hear like what attracted you to supply chain. Well, I grew up in this space, so I come from um, our family LTL company, uh, Ward Trucking. It's ninety two years old. And so growing up, you know, my, my dad ran the business and we were always exposed to it at a really young age. You know, like I remember our family dinners, for instance, we would talk about business and we would talk about, you know, the company and the industry. And, and yet I will say this, I'm like, I never thought I would be in this space. Um, you know, this is back when, when there was not a whole lot of technology, there was not a lot of conversation, certainly no venture capital dollars. Um, so it was very like a traditional legacy business, but I learned a ton and I've always been a problem solver at heart. You know, even as a little kid, I love puzzles. Like I just, I love the, you know, the solving of big problems, I guess. And once I, Kind of had full autonomy later in my, my life, my, you know, going to college and so forth. I thought the supply chain was such a cool space because it was so big. Number one, it touched so many different roles and functions and arguably it's incredibly important. And so for me, all that stuff added up. And, you know, just the, the introduction that you just gave all of my, um, different experiences. It's not really like a linear, you know, Trajection. It's kind of me just being curious about different things and and going for them. But um, it's been a really, really great ride. I feel incredibly fortunate, you know, thus far. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about what what you do at Zbox. Let, let's start kind of yeah. you know with with the nearest term. What's your role? What are the things you're you're overseeing? Tell me a little bit about your your day to day. Yeah. So at Zbox, we're building. It's essentially a corporate accelerator. Is what we're doing where we're connecting really large companies um, in the supply chain, think um, railroads, steamship lines, ports, you know, companies that are busy running their operation. We're going out there and hunting for the best technology to help them solve their own problems. So it's kind of this like consultative slash, um, you know, corporate innovation, also dabbling into new technologies, but our role at Zbox is essentially the connector, you know, where we're connecting these companies with other, you know, cutting edge founders and 
in a new spaces and, and to solve problems across the supply chain. So my role, yeah, so my role at, um, at ZBox, I run the America. We have six different hubs. And this is a cool part about our business. So um, our parent company is CMA and CGM, one of the largest steamship lines. They're, of course, based in Marseille, France. And they started this concept back in 2017. And it was really like an incubator, Mike. Like someone would come in, they had an idea, they would help them with the deck, commercializing it, maybe get their first round of funding. And that was kind of it. And then when we saw, you know, during COVID, so much of our space was like this gold rush. I'm sure you can attest to that, you know, where it was, there's so many, um, so many companies and new things and the appetite to test and to try was certainly there too. And so hence we started building these Z-boxes around the world. We started with Arlington for our U.S. Um, presence and shortly after that launched one in the Caribbean. Um, this year we have, uh, we launched one, uh, a hub in West Africa, Singapore and Manchester. So that part of our business, I think is so cool being able to tap into different regions of the world to see where they are, you know, along their innovation journey. That's such an interesting point. And, you know, when you think about, so for instance, LA Long Beach here, I, I'm, I'm based in, in the long, near the Long Beach port, right? And, and we hear about it's one of the world's cleanest ports, this, that, the other. How, at the risk of sounding like naive here, how are you sharing best practices that you learned from a place like Long Beach with a country that maybe isn't as far as advanced? And are you pushing for leaps and bounds? And then alternatively, what are you learning in places that, you know, are kind of doing it in a different approach just because of the landscape that they're in? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's almost like you have to start where you are, you know? And so to go into a different region and just start talking best practice, best practice that within a port or railroad or whatever, it's almost like you have to wind back the tape in some areas are you're like, how do I position a startup to a corporation? How do I de-risk that word? You know, um, how do I find people who actually want to start businesses? You know, take West Africa. The first startup in West Africa um, was in 2014. And so how exciting, you know, I, I, look, I look back at, you know, our region or our, you know, in the U.S. and we're so mature. and there are so many fantastic companies in the space doing great things. It's just at a different level, but we weren't always here, right? Um, so I, I think it's, it's a, you know, you just, you are, you grow, you teach, and then, you know, wherever they are is where you, you kind of adapt to, um, to whatever they need. How do you source the companies you're looking to invest in or the companies you're looking to shepherd or along? Are you just kind of doing nothing but going through decks? Do you have, you know, like, like a e email me at, you know, potential investor at, or, or what's, how, how, if, if I would, if I wanted to be a, a founder and get in front of you, how would I go about that? Well, an easy way is you can use our email alias, which is America at zbox.io. It's Z dash box.io. But that's an easy way. Um, another thing is we are completely free and non-dilutive to startups, which makes us very unique 
And as a result, Mike, we get a lot of inbound, um, particularly from LinkedIn or from our other networks, just because it's really like, it's a bonus to so many of these companies who are already building great businesses. And all we ask is that you do what you say you do and you do it pretty darn well. You know, if we're going to introduce you to a multi-billion dollar corporation, we really want you to be able to have some tractions, customers, you know, a large, um, like a, a fully formed team with functions, you know, to be able to, to actually uh, engage with these, these companies. But that's the criteria is we're looking for slightly more mature companies and ones that are um, that are solving a core need across the customer or the, the corporate partner base. But but really, it's um, going back to your question, it's a lot of the organic inbound. It's our network. And then it's also relationships with VCs, you know, really good domain-centric VCs, which thankfully there's a lot of them out there in our space. Sure, of course. So yeah. Liz, what without without giving away the secret sauce, what are the types of technology or the types of players that really get you excited? What what are you seeing over the next say three to five years on the horizon? Who's going to be or or what will kind of move the needle for the industry? Yeah, so I really like um, AI as it relates to customer service. You know, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of really useful applications there. And you think of how manual, you know, the, the customer service function can be often and also how hard it is to recruit and retain people in those roles. Um, I remember this at war trucking, you know, going down to the, where all the people at customer service were working. And it just it was like this bullpen of just constant calls and emails and just it never stopped, you know. And I think um the use of AI and business process automation can free up a lot of those mundane tasks, whether it be quoting or just simply pricing. Um, it could be response times, you know, responding to the ETA, but also a little bit more complex things where you know you're gonna miss the pickup, for instance. You have a customer on the other line who's screaming at you, rather than saying, uh, I don't know, I don't have a solution to give you right now, having some sort of um, intellectual way to provide them with options on the spot. Like, I think there's just so many use cases, even the account management, you know, uh, in this space, there's so many customers who ask specific requirements, you know, and thinking through how best to train people on all these things. And I, I would say the, yeah, the artificial intelligence as it relates to customer service is one thing I'm really excited about. Very cool. And it, not, not at all where I expected you to go. And I think this is one of my, this is one of my favorite discussions in the industry is I think a lot of folks that come from a tech background, uh, say, look, we're going to start up. We realize that 90% of trucks on the road are part of a small fleet. We're going to aggregate them in some way and offer a consistent experience to an enterprise shipper, never realizing that that second side of the house, the enterprise shipper has their yeah. own workflows. They've got their own approach. So we have to look at it instead of one side of the industry is fragmented. Both really and truly are. You they know, are. It's, it's snowflakes on both sides. So I love that it, answer. It's so interesting too. It has just one big mirror. Absolutely. And it's so, so very interesting in, in terms of like trying to figure a solution to that. Because, you know, like if you look at a company like Walmart, they have 2,500 people with EDI in their title. 
you know, yeah. for, for a broker to approach him and say, Hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to show you how to do it better. Well, if you're not talking about EDI, you're, you're not going to work with Walmart. You know, it's, it's a crazy right. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so along those lines, one of, one of the, one of your credits, of course, on your IMDB page. Um, and one of the things that I thought was so interesting, um, about you was your time at Convoy and at, at F3, you kind of did this impromptu chat about the experience there. Um, I think my favorite part was how authentic you, you were in speaking about like the great relationships that come out of it without doing a postmortem. I mean, there's plenty of digital ink out there. What would you say are the things that are kind of last with you when, when considering a company like Convoy or your experience there? You know, I learned a lot working there and I think, you know, you had mentioned my bio before. I was in a traditional management consulting company, although doing really cool things. It was, the structure was very much like a corporate America. Then going into the family business, um, which is a different corporate structure. And then I kind of went into the startup world and that was my first dose of it. And I learned a lot about product and engineering and all of these like, these like amazing in my network of just amazing engineers, um, they brought in a lot of really great people from Amazon from the from the get go. Dan, for instance, I learned a ton from Dan Lewis. Um, I really admire and appreciate the fact that he he was so dialed into the problem, you know. And that's one thing that when I talk to founders, you can tell the ones that are are really like passionate. In our, they have the energy and the appetite to really solve it, to figure out what the layer two, three, four behind, behind it is. And Dan did that very well and he built a great business, you know, around it. I thought their marketing was really great. Their software course was excellent. Where they went wrong, perhaps was their investors. Um, and almost this notion of, we're going to be Google for a freight brokerage, which you just, you know, you know, Mike, like a freight brokerage is a freight brokerage. Like there's the margins are already so small, you know, and they ebb and flow with, with the cycle, which is really hard to predict. It's really hard to educate people who aren't in the space on that because it doesn't make much sense. And you want it to be predictable, but it's not. And so I would say that's probably the downfall of, of Convoy in that there was a, a lot of investors, a lot of high profile people who perhaps were trying to kind of mold it into something that it just simply wasn't. And it was, it felt like the train just left the station and just got faster and faster and faster. Um, but God, they did so much good for, for this industry. I mean, they completely change the narrative, you know, the stuff we were talking about at panels, you know, or in the early 2010s is very different than what we've been talking about now, just, you know, 10 years later. And I think a lot of that is our companies like Convoy, you know, who've raised a lot of money and they're like, they're an easy target, but they've done a ton and they've also injected a ton of talent. Um, you know, into this space. I'm sure you see that too from your. Sure. I 
look, I, I've competed with Convoy uh, a few times. And yeah, yeah I think, um, you know, the, the point you made it, it about kind of where, where it was going versus where, you know, what ended up happening. I've, always, I've worked in brokerages where we've asked the question, are we a technology company or are we a trucking company? Yeah. It's the wrong question. We're a services business. We're, That's we're, right. We're, we're in the service of getting stuff from point A to point B. We're not being brought on because of the technology. Now, does the technology change the sales equation? Does it make it easier? Of course. But we're not a tech company, you know, and, and we're not a trucking company because you don't have the assets under, under management. You're a connector and in, in your services business to both sides of that, that industry. I totally agree with that. And then to your point of changing the narrative, I mean, gosh, I remember the day Jennifer Wong over at Convoy started posting on LinkedIn about sustainability. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, I like agreed. Yes, a hundred percent. For the first time in my life, I didn't have to go explain that smart routing was going to allow us to find backhaul and make it so that yeah. 50% of the miles trucks are driving aren't just hauling air. It was wonderful mm -hmm. to, to be able to, I guess, I don't know, staying with, with the trucking reference to kind of, you know, you know, you use the tailwinds that, that are being created or, you know, use the wind that, that's being created from the truck first and kind of pig, piggyback there. So it, yeah. I, I totally understand 100%. Yeah, they, they definitely uh, made it cooler. You know, like, I remember graduating from college, talking to my friends and they would say, oh, Liz, what do you do? Or not my friends, but just people talk, talking like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm in trucking. And they're like, what are you doing in trucking? Like, you're way too pretty or something, you know? And it, but I, I mean, it, I, of course, love this space, but they made it cool because the second those VC dollars were reported, I think we talked about this at F3, Bono freaking invested in their company. You know, like that's never happened ever. <laughs> so that was a blessing that all of a sudden, like the narrative of supply chain, trucking, the importance of the truck driver too, just was front and center. And they did a, a ton to amplify that message. And it also kind of paved the way for others to like, really do it too. Liz, the final question I ask any guest here is if you're talking to somebody who let's say is 21 to 23 years old, probably about to graduate college or maybe just did, and they're thinking about supply chain as an industry, what advice would you offer that person? Oh, I mean, I'm a big fan of this industry and I've met a ton of amazing people like here, you know, many that I'm lucky enough to call my friends. Um, there's no shortage of problems and there's a ton of really smart people at it and lots of room for growth. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of supply chain at large again, cause it's so big and it's multifaceted and it's only getting more complex, you know, as we consumers, you know, want the same thing in five different colors and we want it this way and that way. And, you know, you think of all the items that are being made just to keep up with our, you know, us, right? Like we're the problem in many ways, but, um, but it's an amazing space that you could, you know, the world's like your oyster, even from an international perspective too. I just a big fan of it. Um, especially if someone who's thinking about, business and they want to, they want to major in something related to business. I always thought that supply, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And 
I thought, well, I'm just going to go into a really big field and then hopefully figure out something within that. So, yeah, I don't know. I would, my advice would be like, go for it. Um, also, but when you're in it, set your boundaries. Um, you know, the freight doesn't stop, but it doesn't mean that you have to keep going with it. I mean, I think that like early on in my career, I wish I would have done that a little bit more, set more personal boundaries because there's no shortage of work that you can do. And there's always problems. And it's always kind of this implication of like, you know, like what's next with, okay, where's it going to fall? You know, you're constantly triaging, but I would say that, um, you know, setting the boundaries, establishing really good met mentors in the space was has always been hugely helpful for me. Um, and then know that everyone's kind of grinding, doing the same thing, <laughs> but <laughs> but the grind's worth it because the grind teaches you the business, and you can't put a price tag on that. You know, and that opens up lots of different um, doors for you to do different things. Liz, where do people find you if they want to get in touch? Um, LinkedIn is great. Um, Liz Ward or my, uh, my, uh, you, you could do our team alias at, um, America at ze-box.io. Liz Ward, thank you for so much for being on Hammer Down. Uh, to our listeners, thanks for joining us. Check, uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please, by all means, you know, leave us a comment, leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, any place to get your podcasts.